You're listening to the Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show, built by Par Lumber. Now, here's Tony and Corey. Hey, welcome back to the Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show. Thanks for staying with us. If you haven't already, go check out our Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. We're at WW Home Show. Uh, if you want to catch this show later, uh, we're also podcasting all of our shows on uh, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcast, and Google Play. That's right. Right. So you can go check those out. Uh, or if you want to watch it, we're recording this right now. And we're going to have it up on our YouTube channel as a video podcast. So you can go watch that. Uh, like and subscribe. We'd love to hear from you as well. So uh, we've got a new guest in front of us. We're uh, on location today at the Lane County Builders Expo in Springfield, Oregon. And yes, uh, we've Oregon. been talking with vendors all morning. Yeah, Oregon. <laughs> Oreg- it was Oregon before I moved here. Oregon. Oregon, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah. <laughs> anyway, we've got Matt White with Neil Kelly Company. Very, very big company. Pretty Old company. Very They've been prominent. around Portland for a long time. Yeah, we, we uh, have a pretty good presence in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, of course, started in Portland in 1947. Uh, by Neil, Neil yeah. Kelly, and uh, his, son, his son, Tom Kelly, has been running the company for a little over 30 years. And, uh, and then we started growing in uh, the early 2000s. We branched out, uh, bought an operation in, in Eugene that was getting ready to retire. That was 2005. 2007, we had an opportunity in Bend, of course, right before the, the Great Recession. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, great good timing. Good timing, <laughs> yeah. And then uh, 2012, we actually had an opportunity in Seattle. So, yeah, from Seattle down to Eugene and Bend. So, yeah, it's, been, fantastic. it's been great. And Neil Kelly is a uh, mostly remodeler? Yeah, so we're a, we're a design-build remodeling contractor. Um, we offer a number of services. The, the primary service that... Um, that we offer is design builder modeling, but we have uh, handyman home repair teams. Uh, we've done a lot of home performance job. You were talking about clean air before. And so uh, we're well-versed in that subject, solar uh, roofing. Um, so all sorts of services, but primarily what I, what I focus on is the uh, is design builder modeling. And yes, that's mostly residential, but we do some light commercial as well. Nice. And when you say design build, what does that mean for yeah. the average listener? Yeah, well, and, and the term is much more accepted now. Um, you know, it's interesting because Neil Kelly Company was one of the companies that helped sort of invent this process. But what it really and many companies do this nowadays, right? But what it means is that the design services and the carpentry and everything is all under one roof. So rather than you necessarily need to go out and hire a designer or an architect and then go get bids, um, really the buck stops with us. So, you know, instead of having to point the finger at, well, the architect said this or the builder said that and you're stuck in the middle, all those services are offered under one roof. And so if anything, if there if an issue arises, then we're taking care of it. Yeah. So it uh, it always amazes me because, you know, people, I think, want to do a project and they don't know where to start. So maybe they go to an architect and they get a design done yeah. and they go to a designer and they start doing all this work. And then they go to a contractor and realize that they can't afford any of it. Right. Well, that, that's exactly <laughs> right. And I guess we got time for a quick story. And, and there, there's nothing wrong with going that route. And sometimes that's the best route for people. Uh, but early in my career, I, I was working with a number of architects and engineers. And, and uh, then I started working for a general contractor providing uh, design services. And 
a friend of mine who is an architect that designed a project in Corvallis, he says, hey, um, these folks are ready to start getting bids. And so he gave you know, my name as well as many other names to this uh, couple. And so they, they just couldn't decide who they wanted to have do it because we said, you know, really what you should do is interview contractors, decide who you want to work with, and then really the budget gets developed from there. Because sure. we all have to charge about the same amount of money to stay in business. Right. So it's really who do you connect with, who do you click with, who do you trust, and then you, you design your budget working with that contractor rather than trying to go with the cheapest bid. Because the cheapest bid oftentimes forgot something or isn't <laughs> you know, as reputable. So anyway, um, I'll try to make this long story short. They, they got it down to us and another contractor. And they said, we just can't decide. Could you please bid it? And so we tried to do like this official bid opening. You know, in 45 days, um, we're going we're gonna to present a bid. Well, the plans were great. You know, I talked about the space, but it, it would say tile floor. We didn't know what kind of tile floor. Sure. <laughs> it would say, you know, solid surface countertops, but we don't know. Is it granite? Is sure, it, sure. you know, quartz, whatever. So, you know, the builder always has to help develop that specification along with the homeowner. We both did that with this client. Um, come down to the the end of the time frame, they opened up the bids. We were about two hundred and thirty-eight thousand. The other contractor was two hundred and thirty-nine thousand. Wow! Quick quick math, you know, less than one percent difference, right? Yeah. Their budget was just under a hundred. So, <laughs> you know, they, they they paid the architect. You know, our architect got paid, right? You know, I don't know what that was forty-five hundred dollars or something for the plans. Um, you know, myself and this other contractor spent you know, 40, 45 days putting estimates together and the project went nowhere. And they said, man, if we would have known that there was a design build service like yours, we would have gone that way from the beginning. Yeah. Because we're so intimate with the pricing. You know, we do this every day that one of the advantages that a design build company can offer is they can design within a budget rather than just designing whatever you think you want. And right. then in the end of that process, you know, unfortunately, it's a no-go. Yeah, being in the lumber supply industry, you know, working for Par Lumber Company, I'm a contractor salesman. I see it all the time Yeah. where an architect might say, well, this is how I want it. When in reality, moving a wall over two feet because it really helps the space costs so much money rather than working within a certain budget or area. You know, and I talk to yeah. builders all the time and they say, well, how can we reduce this? I say, well... You yeah. can add a post there, or you yeah. can do this or do that. And they they don't see that because the architect says, well, absolutely not. Yeah. You're not putting a post in my space. But the homeowner says, yeah, I think I could deal with a post. <laughs> yeah, if it's <laughs> the difference between having the project or not. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's, it's interesting, too, because a, a lot of people try to think in terms of cost per square foot. And remodel is just so hard to think that way. And it, what the you know, if you want to put in a, a two foot addition or four foot addition, you might as well put on an eight foot addition. Right. Right. Because by the time you get the excavators out there, it's it's the same price. Concrete and the framing lumber on a on a yeah. eight foot addition is going to be minuscule compared right. to the cost of all the other things that go into it. Difference between eight thousand and eighty five hundred. Yeah. So it's just it's really hard to. Um, to think in terms of cost per square foot. And then, of course, there's all the other things that go into that, like do we upgrade the roof or the siding or the furnace or whatever in order to accommodate you know, that addition. Right, so. right. It's an interesting uh, thing to think about. We actually had a, a, an ADU specialist, mm. a guy named Cole Peterson, on our show about a year ago, who uh, he's, a, he's an expert on designing and building ADUs, and he helps people through the process. And it's it, to him, he was he was kind of explaining building an ADU like 
It's like building a house. It, it's just small, but it costs. The costs per square foot are gigantic. Because you don't have the economy of scale. Right, exactly. Yeah. When you when you scale, you know, a 800 square foot ADU, it costs about the same as a 2,000 square foot house. Right. Because like you said, you still have the concrete company. You still have the uh, the framing contractors and all of that stuff. It's almost like a setup fee. You pay a base amount in that, like you said, the cost right. of scale. Yeah, and ADUs are hot right now. We we actually have been doing a fair amount of ADUs ourselves. And it, it really depends on, is the client looking at it strictly as a financial uh, decision? And sometimes that's the way to go about it. Yeah. If it's just going to be a, a rental, um, you know, or it might be, gosh, you know, I might live here someday or my mother might live here someday. And so I really want it a certain way. Yeah. Um, we actually just hired a lady who um, worked for a luxury ADU um, builder in uh, the Portland area. And, and darn it, I just forgot the name. They, they were on HGTV, oh. a special. Yeah. Um, but I asked her, I said, what, what was the average cost of your ADU? Because, you know, costs are thrown out all over the place. But, you know, they were, they were over 200000 Yeah. Um, I've heard that, 250000 ish Yeah. Now, can you do them for less? Sure. Yeah. Um, but if you want something that's nice, that's sort of the price range that, that we've been hearing. Yeah. What is the contact information for Neil Kelly? Uh, so, well, neilkelly.com. Um, that's the easiest way to find us. You can you can find our phone number and all that kind of stuff um, through our website. Um, you can schedule a free consultation uh, through our website. Uh, but come down and see us here at the, at the Home Expo. Absolutely. Matt White with Neil Kelly right here in Springfield, Oregon. Thanks so much for being with us. All right, we're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Tony and Corey, Your Weekend Warriors. Don't go away. You're listening to the Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show, built by Par Lumber. Now, here's Tony and Corey. Hey, welcome back to the Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show. Thanks for staying with us. Today, we're on location at the Lane County Builders Expo in Springfield, Oregon. Thanks to all the listeners on 1120 KPNW. We just had a listener swing by, Dan Duffy. Dan Duffy was here. He's our number one fan. He's a great guy. Told him, come back next time. We're going to have a Weekend Warrior hat for you. Yep, we got a Weekend Warrior hat We for were him. supposed to bring those with us today, but alas, we left them in the other car. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that's kind of stinky, but that's okay. We'll have one for him next week. Yeah, now, but the, but now it turns out we have another guest uh, on the show, and this is actually a guest who's willing to admit that he also listens to our show. Yes. So now we have four. Four listeners. Four listeners. Well, five, including your mom. And my mom, five. That's right. But uh, <laughs> we're talking with El Presidente <laughs> Tom himself. Tom Walters. Tom Walter of the uh, Lane County HBA. Welcome, Tom. Well, thank you for having me. It's a great day here at the Expo. We're enjoying meeting with the public. Yes, it's uh, this is a really good event. There's a lot of builders here. It's unique in that uh, you can't buy a ShamWow. Yeah. I'm, I'm surprised. <laughs> I was really hoping to look for a mattress and a hot tub. Yes, there's no cutlery. Yeah, yes. none of that. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's different. There's only professional contractors in here. Yeah. I did see some wind chimes, I think. But <laughs> hey, I might be wrong. You know, wind chimes need to be made by by craftsmen as well. Yes, uh, true. But this is definitely professional focused. And uh, and here's something else that is amazing to me. 
all of our guests that we've had on the show today have all touted so many years of being in business. I mean, just continued success. Is it outed? Is it in the water here in Springfield? Is that the deal? <laughs> um, because uh, everybody we talked to has been like 36 years, 50 years, 56 years. Well, we've had our, our company for 19. And then before that, I worked for a local builder for seven or eight years. So, so yeah. yeah, there's a lot of people in this in this room that have worked a long time in the community. Yeah. And they're, they're people that really care about the community. You know, we're all advocates for housing. You know, we'll get into this a little bit a little bit later. But this this expo, we were so excited to try to put this together because years ago, the home builders kind of lost their their place in this market having a show. And so it was a, a very fundamental desire for the association to put on its own show and to make it more professional. That this would be a show where, where people from the association could meet with the public and help people with housing, whether it's maintenance, remodeling, uh, or new construction. It's for the association and its members to get out in front of the public. Yeah. And explain a little bit. Let's talk about the HBA. The, the Home Builders Association does a lot of good work. What are some of the things that uh, you guys do? And, and maybe speaking to some of the builders that out there that are listening to our show, why would they want to join? You know, so the, the Home Builders Association, I've been involved in it for the better part of 30 years. And so when I was a younger person, I think the primarily the primary aspect I looked at was the the social that I can meet with guys that do this and and get fellowship with them and understand the the, the what do they do about insurance and, and how do they keep their license active? Sure. What do they do about warranty service for customers and that just what you can learn from talking to other people in the in the industry. But as I aged and spent a little more time, my focus has gotten a lot more on the government affairs aspect and. The, the, the things which we deal with builder, as builders in the industry in terms of regulation. And, you know, I'm an advocate for, for housing. I want, you know, right now there's a shortage of housing in Eugene Springfield, and I think it's a, it's a tragedy. My company exists to build houses, and um, it's very difficult for us to do that. I mean, last year I built about half the houses that I set out to build, um, and, and most of it's just because of issues with stormwater and trying to get permits you know, government regulation. It, it, it wasn't about not being able to get financing or finding customers. It was that I couldn't even get things off the ground. And I've been doing this for 30 years. So it's, yeah. a, it's a challenging environment in uh, in this community to build. And, and the people in this room are working very hard to meet the needs of housing. It's interesting because government regulators, you know, we always say, oh, those people in Salem, they're, they're regulating things that they're not very familiar with. And Groups like yours, the HBA, they have a voice, a group of people that get together. And it's not just just you, the small group in Lane County. It is the Home Builders Association is a national uh, Home Builders Association of all these different groups together create one large voice. So you guys can make a difference. Yeah, that's that's really true. And I've actually enjoyed um, the conversations we've had with city council. There have been some new taxes that have come through and, and council members have been very open to meeting with us. And I think it's been productive. Yeah. Um, I'm also involved from the state level. There's a, there's a state association and the, the um, some of the issues that have come about from the legislature have been really challenging for the association from a state level and um, you know, new taxes, the, the cost of housing continues to escalate. And a, a big, a big part of that cost is fees and uh, taxes from the government. Yeah. I have heard from builders, you know, we, we work up in the Portland area, 
Uh, I'm a contractor salesman up there, and some of the builders that I work with uh, say that it's upwards of $100,000 in fees before they break ground. Yeah. That it, is incredible. The costs, the costs, it's really hard to quantify because there's a lot of fees and stuff that just go into the acquisition of property and getting entitled so that you have the ability to put a street in. Sure. Then you pay for the street. And people think that a street exists that's owned by the city, that somehow the city paid for it. The city didn't pay for that. Walter Custom Homes pays for yeah. the street. After, Walter Development. Yeah, Walter Development will put in a subdivision. We give the street to the city when it's done, but we pay for the street. We pay all the fees. We have to pay um, permits for that part. And that's before you start a single house. Now, my company will typically go and we will build the houses on a street that we put in. And there's fees associated with every house that we build. And now there's going to be fees associated with every dollar that flows through our company. And we're a very low margin business. And so the, some of these new taxes are really, really punitive for builders. Yeah. It's uh, it's definitely it seems counterintuitive to create affordable housing. I mean, affordable housing is a buzzword that we hear all the time. You know that that people think that aren't home builders think that it's like snap your finger. Well, make affordable housing. How how do you do that? How do you make create affordable housing? You know that's a that's a great line. And when when we spend time with government affairs, we say there's a distinction between affordable housing and subsidized housing. People will look at St. Vincent de Paul, and some of these companies are great companies. But the, when they provide housing, it's typically subsidized. People in the community are paying money to those organizations to build housing, not at market rate. Right. Now, as a builder, we're building things at the market rate. You know, if I can find somebody that can afford one of my houses, and we, we establish a new resident in the city of Eugene or the city of Springfield, that doesn't have to be subsidized by the government, that's a good thing. And the, the problem in this community, there are less and less houses being built for profit because of all the pressures on the costs. And, and so when uh, our local politicians look at that and say, we need more affordable housing, what they really mean is they want more subsidized housing. And unfortunately, in the last five years, they started coming after the builders who have, are somehow surviving to, pay for to tax us to pay for the subsidized housing. So you're, you're increasing the cost of the market rate housing to try to create some subsidized housing. And, you know, as an advocate for housing, we just want all the costs to drop down so that we can build more homes for people. Yeah, that's truly what it is. I mean, it, especially... I mean, here, uh, some of the, the urban areas, you know, of Eugene uh, in Portland, I mean, dirt is so expensive. And just to get into it, develop it, I mean, that's why houses in Portland, starter homes in Portland are $500,000 now. That is that is crazy to me. No, it's, it's, really, it's really shocking what's happened to the cost of housing in the, the, really the whole West Coast. Yeah. And so I don't know if there'll be a seed change where we look and say, gosh, there's a lot of land between Eugene and Boise. You know, maybe we could find a thousand acres to put houses on, but that hasn't happened yet. But start I'd start sure, a new city. I would. <laughs> yeah. Or just, you know, expand the one we got. Colonize um, it, Tom. <laughs> colonize it. <laughs> that's uh, that's true. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, the, I've heard this about the urban growth boundaries and things like that. Uh, that's a whole different subject. Yeah, it is. I love what you said about putting in a road, right? You said, well, you know, we don't just build the houses. We kind of put in the roads and we kind of do the landscaping and we put up the street signs and, you know, the whole thing. 
But I love the, the, what you said about that, the opportunity to choose how every single house relates to the next house. And in a subdivision where different builders are building all those houses, you don't get that choice. Yeah, I, I had a really great experience about 15 years ago. And there Sorry was a, to interrupt, but we got about 20 seconds. I'll make it really quick. There's a builder in Georgia that showed a picture of a house, a housing development, before and after, and they looked the same. And I thought, wow, I want to do that. I want to pre-plan the neighborhoods and build them so that they fit spectacularly with each other. That makes perfect sense. That and I love sense. that you're doing that. <laughs> Tom Walter, thank you so much for being with us. We really appreciate having you on the show. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks for being here. we got to take another quick break. You're listening to Tony Corey, Your Weekend Warriors. We'll be right back. around the home, Tony and Corey have got the know-how and the answers to make your life just a bit easier. Now, here's Tony and Corey. Hey, welcome back to the Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show. Thanks for sticking with us. I'm Corey Valdez. I'm Tony Cookston. Today we're at the Lane County Builders Expo in Springfield, Oregon. And uh, we've been having a great time today. Thanks to uh, KPNW for hosting us here. It's a great radio station. And uh, today, we're visiting all kinds of vendors here. There's all kinds of builders and remodelers. Manufacturers. Yep. We just talked to Tom Walter, the president of the Lane County Home Builders Association. Yep. And uh, we've got a new guest sitting with us today. His name is Chuck Wines. He's with Adair Homes in Cresswell. And you guys build a lot of houses. A lot of houses, yep. About 500 a year. That's that's. That's, that that's a few. impressive right there, yeah. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about Adair Homes and uh, what makes them different. Well, Adair Homes is, uh, we're not a developer. We're an on-your-lot builder. So we work with customers that are looking to purchase a property or own a property and build a house on it. So so even though we do 500 a year, which seems like a lot of volume, it's all um, build-to-order. So we don't pre-develop or anything like that. So we're really just building for customers that are looking to build their own custom home on their own property. Yeah, it's really, you know, Tony built an Adair home yes, that's 15 right. years ago. 2005. Yep. And uh, he loves it. I'll tell you what, 15 years after building my Adair home, I will tell any person that walks in front of me, call Adair. It is an amazing deal. It's a great deal. Not only did I get the house that I wanted, uh, I also got it super, I don't want to say cheap, but I saved a bunch of money uh, and not by, not by switching to Geico. By switching to Adair. I saved a bunch of money by switching to Adair because Adair allowed me to get some sweat equity. They allowed me to do this and take on that responsibility and call these people and make sure this got done. And when I did all of that, Adair did not have to have a, a person on site. They didn't have to pay somebody during that time. They didn't have to do all those things. And I saved money. And it worked great because I was willing to take on that responsibility. So it's a super awesome, innovative way to go about business and I'm surprised there's not more. I mean, you guys just have got it covered because I'm surprised there's not more people out there. I know there are some, you have some competition, but you guys just do it great. We do. And I would say, you know, most everybody has kind of, you know, copied what we do to a certain extent, tried to do what we do better. But I don't, I don't think anybody does with, with what we do. We've developed a, what we're not trying to do is build a cheap home. We're trying to build a great home for a great value. So we leverage 
um, you know, a purchasing power. We build a lot of houses. So we started a warehousing company. So we hold all these materials. We buy them in bulk, dole them out as we build houses, and it gets you the, the best possible price on that. Start our own cabinet-making company. They became very successful. They now work outside of what we do, but obviously it's a great relationship for us. Um, with the subcontractors we use, we have a lot of houses. We keep them busy around. Same thing. Um, we hold them accountable to standards that way because we, we're going to give them a lot of business. Also, they don't have to look for work, so we get a really good price from them. So it all ends up working out in the favor of the customer. So you know, so we don't have to compromise on what we're building to get you a great price with what we do. Right. And I can speak to that. I just want to, I mean, Corey, you actually sub supply material for Adair Homes yep. in some territories, right? One of my largest customers, yes. Um, but I can speak to the efficiency of the home from day one, when I got occupancy, to, to uh, 15 years later. And I'm telling you that the way that this home is built, while it's seemingly simplistic, because of the efficiency that the guys put it together. I mean, you go out there and these guys are like, they build these houses all the time. You got this, yeah. you use the same crew. They're, they are experienced. They know how it goes. And so they're efficient. And as efficient as they are, it seems like, why isn't there more problems on this job site? We see problems at Par Lumber Company on job sites, but Adair doesn't have them because they are, they're efficient because they do it over and over and over. Not because it's simple, because it's not. It's very efficient. My home, Corey, this is what I'm about to tell you about my Adair home. Did not come with air conditioning. Okay? I know this. But I'll tell you what. When that, when my front door and my back door are closed and my, and my drapes are drawn on a super hot day, I come home from work. I walk in there and I'm like, it's like a cave in here. It's cool. <laughs> that house keeps the heat out in the summer and keeps the heat in in the winter. And I didn't have to do anything to make that happen because Adair built a home that did that. And there are a lot of homes out there that don't. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk a little bit, too, about the, uh, the sweat equity that you mentioned. Yeah. This is a little different, too, that Adair has this uh, kind of sweat equity. What does that mean? Well, so there's, there's multiple options, actually. So, you know, we were founded originally. The whole point of what we did was to give people an alternative to a manufactured home on property, but still give them a quality stick-built home. So the way we did that is we broke off the site development aspect. People can contract with their own excavator to prepare the land. They can, they'll work with the jurisdiction on permitting. Um, and then during the build, homeowners will have a responsibility. They can do their own debris cleanup, um, interior clean between builds, paint the home. So we give people a lot of opportunities that aren't structural but can save people money by not having to contract or pay someone out to do those things. Now – that's the bread and butter. That's what we've always grown up doing. But we've also changed over time. So we even do like a turnkey option now. So we got a lot of retirees, people that don't want that don't want to be knee deep in what we do. So. Yeah, they don't want to be pushing a broom. Right. So in that case, we actually can take people and do a turnkey option, really minimize their sweat equity in the option too. So you can kind of leverage anything that you want to do in the programs now. Yeah, and it uh, like Tony said, he he got a really good house for a very inexpensive price. I mean, coming to build with a dare. What does somebody expect to pay per square foot on the low end to the high end? Well, for the house itself, um, most of the homes are going to run 80 to 95 bucks a square foot starting price. That's unbelievable. Unbelievably low. I think most builders are around 
two to three hundred yeah. per say, square yeah, foot. At the least, I think that I've heard of recently, anyways, was one seventy-five. Yeah, that's pretty cheap, one seventy-five. But the, getting down to sub one hundred is crazy. Well, and with that, so from a material standpoint, so we now include like a heat pump and an air conditioner in the base price. Um, you know, recess lights in the kitchen, islands are included on all plans. It's all hardy plank siding around the home. So, you know, I'm um, using kind of custom products, kiln dried, dug for lumber, you know, supplied by power for us. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, so we're not compromising on kind of what we're building from there. A lot of homeowners, of course, want the tiled shower, the wood floors, the granite countertop. So you can get a house up to the 125 to 150 range if you're going to just deck it out to the nines. Sure. But, but you can, but, but the starting price you can't beat. Yeah. If someone wants to visit, Adair Homes, there's several locations across the Pacific Northwest. We are on a lot of different stations, and there's probably an Adair office near you. <laughs> probably there is, yeah. you sit in Cresswell. Cresswell. How, where, where is that located? Just south of Eugene, about um, eight miles south of Eugene um, in Springfield area, right off, right off I-5. So 172 Melton Road. Come nice. visit us. And Tony's here to testify. He built an Adair home. He loves it. I ship Adair Homes every day. And I'll tell you right now, the material that goes into them is the best. They use eye joists. They use, you know, uh, engineered headers. The house is built to last. I think there's still a lot of misconceptions out there when they hear the term Adair Homes. Like you said, manufactured home. I've actually heard people say that. And it's uh, it is not completely wrong. Absolutely not. Silent they build floor, a, like you said. Yep. They build a beautiful home. They, they build an amazing home. And I want to actually thank you so much for coming and being on the show with us today. Chuck Wines with Adair Home. We really appreciate it. And we got to take a quick break. Thanks for sticking with us. We'll be right back. You'll listen to Tony Core, your Weekend Warriors. Don't go away. You can help families unlock their potential when you partner with your local Habitat for Humanity to provide a decent, affordable place to call home. Find a local Habitat in Oregon by visiting HabitatOregon.org and in Washington by visiting HabitatWA.org. Whether you're building a new home, remodeling an old home, or re-envisioning your backyard space, if you've got a project, go to Par Lumber for decks, fencing, kitchens, windows, doors, and more. Car Lumber, your neighborhood building and home improvement experts. You're listening to the Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show, built by Par Lumber. Now, here's Tony and Corey. Hey, welcome back to the Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show. Thanks for staying with us. If you haven't already, go check out our Facebook and Instagram pages. We're at WW Home Show. Uh, you can go to our website. That's uh, par.com. Click on the Weekend Warriors link, and that'll take you over there. Uh, if you miss this show and you want to listen to the whole thing, you can catch it on uh, uh, podcast. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Google Play, and what was the other one? iHeartRadio. iHeartRadio. I always forget that one for some reason. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, we're also recording this show right now, so you can go watch that on YouTube uh, and our video podcast section. We're broadcasting today from the Lane County Builders Association or Builders Expo uh, put on by the Home Builders Association of Lane County. And, uh, we've been talking with vendors here all day. It's a, it's a really unique event they have here. And uh, we've got a new guest with us, uh, Brian Marlowe with Patio Roof Riser. Yeah. You build one of the most 
unique products that I've ever seen. I mean, it's a there's products like it, but there's nothing quite like this one. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> there's products like it, but there's nothing quite like it. I know yeah. there's there's a there's a lot of things on the market that can do what this does. Some of what it can do. Some of what it can do. This right. one is by far the most innovative and strong. I mean, this is unbelievable. Yeah. There, let's explain a little bit what even what this product is. Okay. How you came up with the idea and what it does. So, um, to start with, when building a pergola or a patio por- porch cover, um, basically to start with was a pro- problem that we had right. in construction. So, people would take the gutter off their ha- to cover their deck. They would take the gutter off and then do a lean-to shed. So, the 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 lean-to shed off the fascia, the fascia is not high enough to get enough slope. Yes. Right, yeah, right. So, enough slope. if you have enough drop, right. then somebody like me can't walk underneath it at the end. Yeah, or you're bumping your head. Or yeah, I'm exactly. smacking right. my head, which or is you, not or, working yeah. for me. Or you make it really flat <laughs> right. in the water. Yeah, no, it, it, it puddled. It, it, yeah, so I've been doing this for 30 years, so I've seen this problem time and time again. So our idea, and another option is, oh, well, you can just put a post in front of the gutter of the house and one out there and just raise it up higher, right? But then, you know. You're, the rain you're, that's falling is slipping right, in between the two. Right, and you're, 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 you have a deck um, that you just spent, you know, good money for because decks are not expensive nowadays, especially with composite materials. It's like buying a car. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. you have to take your time on that and choose mm-hmm. what you do. So the post, uh, you know, uh, is an obstacle in your expensive deck real estate for barbecues, for tables, for, you know, things yeah, like nobody that. Nobody wants posts right. sticking out of their deck. And, and <laughs> nine out of 10, it's off the back, off the kitchen. So you want outdoor living space and whatnot. You want, don't want posts in front of your windows. Absolutely your, your not. Your French doors, your kitchen windows. So let's eliminate the posts altogether. And let's just open up that space, give more floor space, get a better view, you know, for your living space. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what I started to do is I'd weld a piece of hardware and I'd figure out what the pitch of the roof was, and then I'd mount a post to it, and it would sit plumb. But you have to go down to, you know, the fab guy and have him, you know, tell him what pitch and weld it. Well, here I am. I, I got that, and I'd put a butyl, butyl sealer on there, and I'd bolt it, you know, to the rafter through, and it, you know, On waterproof. top of the roof. Yeah, on top. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'd always, I always installed them, like, say, pretend like on a, if you're looking at it uh, vertically mm-hmm. and the cut of your building – like, pretend like you have your raptor tail six inches long. Mm-hmm, That's mm-hmm. basically where it mounts. So even if you were to ever have an issue, it would be outside the building envelope. And you have the strength of that exterior wall with a double top plate and the whole nine yards. So I would weld them to whatever pitch. Well, I go to the next job, it's like another pitch. Yep. Well, come on. It's always a custom yeah. bracket every yeah. single time. Yeah. So then I'm like, okay, I got to make this thing adjustable. Well, pitches and, and, and degrees, you know, pitches and tents don't work together. Right. You know, because <laughs> they just don't. Well, so, unless you're actually pitching the tent, in right. which case then they go together. Absolutely. <laughs> but this situation is different than Absolutely. that. Absolutely. So I went to these engineers. I go, I want this thing to adjust every single pitch. And they, they would have it for weeks. I'm like, hey. And then they'd send me back these spirals. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I want to have shear pins in there, and it's going to lock it in with a grade 8 bolt. It's going to be really strong. And they couldn't figure it out. So finally, I took a piece of paper. And I, I put two more holes in the bar, and I put ten holes in the in the base, and and twelve in the bar, and it actually rotates around every six degrees, 180 degrees. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, okay, well, this is 
this is made in America, you know, and so it's got to be built well. So it's a little bit overkill on the on the base plate. It's a three eighths. All the guys that were doing the work said, but all you need is a quarter inch. Well, guess what? It doesn't look good at a quarter inch. Yeah, it looks better with a three eighths. Yeah, it you does know? look beefy. <laughs> yeah, I like gotta, it. Yeah, it's got to be that way. So then I'm like, okay. So then I've got all these holes here, and it's kind of hard to explain, but it does go every six degrees. And the cool thing is, I have a titanium pin that goes in here, not one, but two. And they're rated for 3,500 pounds of shear each. Wow. So this right here is a double shear on one side. This right here is another double shear. So you have 3,500 times two, that's seven, times times two again, that's 14,000 pounds of wow. shear. Wow. Well, I'm so, here to tell you right now that one bracket on the roof holding a patio cover is not going to be 14,000 pounds. No, never. No. I mean, unless you built that patio cover out of concrete. Right. Uh, yes. Yeah, otherwise, it's not simply not going to be. Yeah, it's super yeah. innovative, though. I mean, this this thing looks super beefy. It's uh, it's essentially it's a yeah, it's a it's a bracket angle that can set it at any angle at that any you angle want. you want. Yeah. And the base plate comes pre-attached with this beautiful rubber thick rubber tape. Yeah. So when you bolt it to the roof deck, that squishes out. Yeah. And creates a waterproof seal. Yeah, it's the same uh, butyl that they use on commercial buildings, Costco, on anything with metal siding. You know, that goes yeah. between metal, and uh, it also works on uh, granular roofing. So the connection. So we have actually lots of different connections on for the um, for options the for connection. Uh, Branch Engineering engineered the hardware. The hardware is bulletproof. It's really mm -hmm. strong. Mm -hmm. But when you connect it to a house and you're looking to get building permits, every job is site-specific. So we can't just do a blanket, oh, this is what you do. So um, what we do is we have it going into the rafter tail at, at that, uh, like I said, you pretend like it's there. And we have it going four, four foot on center. That's just our recommendation. Sure, that makes but sense. But we do recommend, if it required to have engineering, to have your local authority, you know, do your That's own That's always a good idea. Yeah, yeah always a good idea. Um, I've had engineers uh, up in Seattle – uh, call for longer lags that go through the rafter, through the end of the truss, and into the double top plate. Um, we had Pioneer Engineering here in Springfield um, called for a, a four by eight blocking between the rafter tails, and that gives you the double the load. You know, so it all works together. But every job is site specific when it comes to engineering. But the hardware itself, it's stamped for Oregon, Washington, California already, and the uh, application. Is site specific. So the takeaway from this is is one very simple thing. This is a roof rafter bracket, a bracket that holds your patio roof cover over top of your roof, so that yeah. the water that is falling down is is keeping it off of your deck, mm -hmm. and it's, it's and it's sloped enough that that runs the water away, yeah. and you don't have those problems. It's attached right to the structure of the home, super strong, and because it is adjustable. It's pitch perfect. Every time. It's perfect. It's pitch Every perfect. Time. Man pitch alive. perfect. Huh? Oh, man. That is. Make it simple. Pitch perfect. Yep. This is absolutely but, uh, a great product. But check this out. Not only that, cantilever decks. So you're overlooking a, a rock, and you don't want to have a post that's, you know, 50 feet down. You can actually put a kicker and a diagonal into your existing foundation and uh, mount this at any angle, and it'll support the substructure of a deck. Wow. Yeah. Also, eyebrow on a commercial building, you can just put this on the side above a man door, a commercial concrete building or whatever it is, as long as you have a good connection where you put it in, 
especially if you know it's concrete tilt up, you run a bolt, grade eight bolt through there. Yeah, you can put a four by six or a four by four, four on there, run it out, you know, four or six feet. What a you, great you idea! Even, you don't even need any posts. This That's is unbelievable. A, yeah, this yeah. is a very uh, versatile product that you have manufactured and. And, and it's affordable as well. If somebody wants yeah. to check it out, where's the website? Uh, it's patioroofriser.com. So go check out patioroofriser.com. You can yeah. see some applications. You can we'll pick them up some... at Par Lumber. That's right. Yeah. Pick them up at Par Lumber. I, I, want, I want to say Par Lumber uh, Springfield has sold more patio roof risers than any lumber yard <laughs> in the world. Nice. Well, that's great. Thank you so much, Brian, for being on with us. We really appreciate it. Uh, we got to take another quick break. You're listening to the Weekend Warriors Home and Pooper Show. We'll be right back. Listening to the Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show, built by Par Lumber. Now, here's Tony and Corey. Hey, welcome back to the Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show. Thanks for staying with us. We're live and on location at the Lane County Builders Expo in Springfield, Oregon. And uh, we've got a new guest with us. We're talking with Ron Smith from Flagstar Bank. You guys do mortgage lending. Thanks for uh, sitting down with us. Thank you very much. How's uh, what's it looking like out there? Has uh, have interest rates uh, gone up? Actually, quite the opposite. Today, it is actually a fantastic time to be looking at borrowing money. The um, you know there was there was some kind of technical things going on in the market, and actually, as of yesterday, we broke through those technical barriers, and rates are actually on a decline. So, so much so that they're actually thinking that we may see in the next couple of, between now and say June, we may see the lowest rates we've ever seen for anybody. This That's is like, incredible. This is like one of the only times that the word decline is a positive thing. <laughs> I mean, really, <laughs> to have declining interest rates is a good thing. It's a very good thing. Well, yeah. for depends on who it's, who you're talking about good for. I mean, it's good for. It's good for the, the people listening buyer. to this show. <laughs> not yeah. so, not so great for the uh, investment crowd, right? That's real. That's real. But you know, but if you're looking to try and buy a home or renovate a home or refinance a home, you know, there's lots of people out there that still have four, five, six percent interest rates. And if we're down now in the mid threes and, and headed downward, that's a pretty good deal to save people a ton of money and oh, qualify absolutely. for a lot more mm. to buy more. Yeah, it's so. uh, especially with house housing. The pricing of housing going way up. It's true. I mean, it's it seems crazy to me. You know, when my parents, I remember when I was a kid, they were in the early 80s. The housing, their interest rates were in the like 18%. Yes. I mean, could you imagine buying a five or $600,000 house at 18%? Tw- try again, 22. That's incredible. Yep. My mom and dad owned a home in Indiana, and my dad's interest rate was 22. That was in the early 70s. What did you say? Uh, early 80s. Yeah, okay. So 18%. Yeah. I mean, they had, a, they had a situation like that also, you know, earlier on. But, yeah, it's be, it's been there. That, it has it's, been there. That's history. That's real. The crazy part that about that is, though, over the last decade or so, this whole generation of kids, for lack of a better word, they've never seen anything above five. So, you know, for, so when we saw rates last year start ticking up and they got up into the mid fours, People were freaking out. What kind of rate is that? When reality is the average over the last 30 years is what? Around seven and a half to eight? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. On, a- on average. Right. We just haven't seen it in such a long That's time. That's the reality of it. That's, yeah. I mean, you know, this is kind of funny. Courtney, we're having this conversation the other day. Long periods of time can mm-hmm. go can go by 
where things that used to be commonplace, then a long period of time goes by, people forget. Yes. And they start to create new things in place of what would not have been there because of what was going on here. And then all of a sudden, bam, it happens again, and people are like, how? Right. And older guys are, and gals are saying, yeah, I saw that coming. You know? well, <laughs> I mean, just to your own point, I mean, you, you look back at um, from the late 70s, early, mid-80s, since then, rates have been on a steady decline. So it's been a 30-year cyclical market headed in a downward direction. Um, the gurus, again, for lack of a better word, are saying that we should be flattening out probably through 22, 23, and then we will be on a long-term cyclical up market. Wow. So, wow. Yeah, yeah. So people don't, again, to your point, people forget. Yeah. You know, even in my own industry, you look back in like the um, 06, 07, 08, and there were like stated income loans and all these kinds of crazy types of loans that all disappeared because of all the um, regulation that got put in place. Now we're starting to see them creep back. People forget. So it's interesting to see how that does happen. Your, your point is very well taken. Yeah, that's, uh, that's something that uh, is reality it's all too true and some of those things that people forget about can be painful when they come back yeah, yeah. i hope we don't hit another uh, lending crisis again we are highly likely not um because again here's some kind of crazy numbers don't hold me to the exact numbers but i know sure. i'm close sure um fannie mae freddie mac the whole secondary money market mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um freddie mac's portfolio right now if i understand correctly their average credit score in their portfolio is upwards of like 740. Oh, wow. Whoa, average? On average. Wow. And they've got, a, for lack of a bazillion, play with that word, um, <laughs> loans in their portfolio. So that's a lot when their average is that high. So the point is, loans are performing very well because of all the regulation that got put in place in 2010. And so, you know, it's working. The mortgage industry is super strong right now. As far as you know, having concerns about another crash of yeah, that kind of yeah. a thing, it's something else will get us because something will yeah. something will get us. You just got to have the it, foresight to see it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But the, the mortgages is good, and again, just as rates are working in our favor, it's a great time to play in that arena if you can. So Wait. you had just mentioned, sorry, you had just mentioned uh, uh, credit scores. You know, mm-hmm. really good credit scores. What would you say to the average person that has an average credit score or maybe below average credit score that's looking in to go and get their first mortgage? They, they see the low credit mm-hmm. or they, they see the low rates. They want to jump into the market and get a, a loan. The two things I would say to people that are trying to get into the mortgage industry or to the real estate industry, my house, <laughs> is um, cash and credit are the two things that I'm seeing people slowing people down. So... If you're looking to do something, buy a home, get with a lender. Because we under, a lot of us um, understand how the algorithms work, and we're going to help you build your, your credit score. Um, in fact, if I pull a credit score on someone, and let's say it was 612, and we need a credit score of at least 620 to do the loan program that we want, I actually can go into the computer and say, what do I need to do to get a 620 credit score? And it will come and give me exact stuff pay $64 on this account, close this account, do that. And at that point, the next month, when they re-report, it's fixed. 
So wow, wow. So that is a, yeah, a lot of technology. Yeah, yeah that's amazing. The, so instead of getting on, you know, some people I think they put the cart before the horse. Yes, they do the house shopping. They meet with some real estate agents. They start looking at houses and go. This is the one. They fall in love <laughs> yes, with the, the the one first house they could never imagine their life not being in. <laughs> yeah. This is the one it's got to be. I know it. It's fate. It's destiny. Let's get it. Yep. And then they find out. That doesn't work. They can't qualify for Oh, wait. Money. It yeah. costs 500000 but I've only got 250000 <laughs> Yeah. You only qualify for 250000 well, so, and you mentioned the other one you mentioned was cash. Yes. Now, what does that mean? You have to have cash in hand in the bank, ready to put down on a house. No, and that's the crazy thing. Um, you know, their FHA requires, and FHA's, you know, you can do a loan amount in FHA in Lane County now for three hundred forty-one thousand dollars, and then three and a half percent down. So you're buying three forty-five, three forty-six, somewhere in that area. Um, that's a lot of house in this county. So at that point, that money can be gifted. There's grants out there for first-time homebuyers. We've got a grant for 2%. So at that point, you need 1.5% down. That's a low down payment. That's a low down payment. Yeah. You know, if you're, if you're buying in the outskirts of any town under 35000 which takes Eugene and Springfield out, but everything around us is in. USDA has a product which is a phenomenal product, no money down. You know, and the, Amazing. Mortgage, the mortgage insurance is cheap. So people get spun up that it takes a lot of money to buy a house, it can, but it doesn't have to. Yeah. So I think getting with a lender, getting with someone that you can trust and work with you and just kind of structure a plan. I've literally, well, recently just did a, a loan. People just bought a home, USDA, total money out of pocket, $263. Wow. wow. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I, again, it took some structuring. But the seller was able to pay the closing costs, and there was just stuff that was done. So I think people get overly concerned on, oh, I can't do that. Well, talk to somebody that can actually give you real advice. Yes. This is the benefit to working with somebody like Ron Smith at Flagstaff, Flagstar Bank. Sorry about that. No worries. Who can help, right? Anyways, with all the time we've got, we really appreciate you coming and talking to us. This is really great. Ron Smith with Flagstar Bank. The website is... What's the website for Flagstar Bank? It is mine. My, MyLenderRon.com. MyLenderRon.com. That's perfect. Thank you so much for being with us. Have All right, folks. We've got to take another quick break. You're listening to Tony Corey, your Weekend Warriors. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show, built by Par Lumber. Now, here's Tony and Corey. Hey, welcome back to the Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show. Thanks for staying with us. Today we're broadcasting from the Lane County Builders Expo uh, at the Bob Kiefer Center. Uh, we're having a really great time, and uh, we're down here supporting our new Par Lumber location in Springfield, Oregon. <laughs> and uh, we've got with us the manager of that store. Jeff, Jeff Melton. Melton. Yes, that's right. I, I think it's. I laughed because Corey said new. I mean, it's really... Well, it's the uh, new store. Yeah, they've remodeled the store. Right. So it's newly remodeled, but the store was in Eugene and moved, really, and it was in Eugene for a long, long time. So would you say that it's new? <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, I don't know. That I seems kind of new well, to me. I wouldn't say it's new because it's been around for a long time. That makes it old. But it's refurbished, and it's in a new location. Okay, What's another okay. word for new? Is there another word for new? I don't know. Okay. New. It's clean. Clean. That place is, go clean. That place is clean. Yes. I really like that location. It's actually uh, off of A Street uh, in Springfield, and I love that location. You guys have got a, a really nice setup there, and the store on the inside is supreme. It is a nice location, yeah. Lots of traffic driving by every day on uh, South A Street, and uh, it, it, it is clean, and uh, it's inviting, and it's really a great location. So this is, we should just say this right now, that uh, coming up this season, this, this outdoor living season, which is really important, uh, you're actually going to be having a deck expo. Do you know the date of the deck expo that you're going to be having at Springfield? Yes, the deck expo is going to be April 25th. And we're going to be uh, um, geared up for that with a bunch of vendors and, and some product and displays and information, uh, if nothing else. But, yeah, it's set, and uh, we're, we're really looking forward to it. It's going to be a great event. We're actually going to be there. Yes, you are. The Weekend Warriors will be there. We will be kissing babies and hugging puppies. Mostly handing out hats. And yeah. handing out hats. <laughs> I really Signing autographs that. and uh, taking photos. We'll probably be out of buckets. Yep. Yep. <laughs> But that is an opportunity for people to come and get some inspiration about what they want to do in their outdoor living space, right? If you have a home and you don't spend any time outdoors, it's probably because it rains a lot here and you don't have an outdoor living space that protects you from the rain or a deck or a porch or a patio that keeps your feet up out of the mud or whatever. <laughs> if you have something outside of your house, that holds nice things and looks nice and keeps you dry, you spend more time out there. Yeah. And outdoor living is a bit is a is a really um, is a really common way to add square footage to your home, right? That's I, why they call it outdoor living. I would agree. I would agree. And with the Stack Expo, uh, we'll have several people that can help with that project. So if you have something in mind, and even if you don't, we can help you design it. Um, probably going to need a covered area, right, like you're talking about. Absolutely. And, uh, um, and a grill, because I would need a grill out there. Oh, you got to um, have a grill. You so, sell grills. Yes, we sell a lot of pellet, pellet grills. And, um, yeah, we, we could really make that outdoor area great. And, and that's what our mission is on the uh, 25th of April. Like uh, patio pavers and uh, all of the things that that you landscape all in different areas. How about retaining wall blocks? Yeah, all of those things. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, composite decking, uh, wood decking, uh, retaining walls. Uh, yeah, pretty much all of those things. Yeah, that's and, and then you're going to get to come there. You have displays at your store Absolutely. that show some of these things being mm -hmm. used. Yeah, handrail um, is a big one, right? All kinds of different components for that. Um, different uh, decks and yeah, definitely displays and you can touch and walk and feel and all of those things, which really helps with the getting to know what you need. You're able to get composite decking. You're able to get um, pressure treated decking. You're able to get cedar decking, which is very common in this area. What about hardwood decking? There is hardwood decking. Uh, we've had several products. I mean, we could even do um, some bamboo decking. We can do um, some mahogany. We could uh, get some um, redwood decking as well. So there's all kinds of options. Absolutely. Bamboo decking is, that is some great looking stuff, isn't it? It really is. Here's my thing about that. It's Dasso is the mm -hmm. brand name of the bamboo decking that we sell. And, and that product for me is super dramatic because it's so dark. It's not like the blonde cedar that you put down or, you know, the the reddish brown tone pressure treated that you put down or any of those gray kind of um, 
composite deckings. This is almost, I mean, it's super dark chocolate brown, like almost black. It looks like nothing else. It's a, <laughs> it really does. It re- and it's, a, it's like a one by six, and it's got end matched, mm-hmm. tongue and groove, and they're, six, they're all six foot pieces. Mm-hmm. So, and every piece fits together. So you don't really have gaps between those boards. They're, they're end matched and tongue and grooved, which makes it super unique and really strong also. Yeah, I would totally agree with that. Absolutely. I would choose that product. It's a great product. Mm-hmm. I, they look I, really good. Um, I think that I, I've got it on display at the yard that I manage. Uh, do you have the Dasso product on display at your yard? I don't have it on display. I have samples, and I actually have the product. Um, I just don't have a display yet. Maybe we can work on that. we got some time. Yeah, we might. We'll put something together. Yeah, I think we could. Um, so what's something that Par Lumber Company in Springfield brings to the market that your competition does not? I would say that uh, our delivery service is um, top-notch. Uh, a, a small amount of uh, money can get you a free delivery. Well, I guess kind of free, but uh, servicing the customers with our delivery service and uh, special orders and all of the things that go together. But if it was one thing, I would say that it's probably going to be our, our delivery service. Um, but with that, we also have a material return service, right, which is the reverse of the delivery. We'll pick it up. So that's a big thing. Um, you know, you, you start a project and you have a little too much material and, and you don't want it there anymore or you, you can't have it there anymore, one of the two, and we'll come pick it up. So that's a huge service. Does PAR charge to come out to the job site and pick up leftover materials? We do not. We would just, you know, ask for a little bit of time, but we can get out there and, and we do not charge for that. Uh, special order materials, I mean, that's a little bit different. There's some restocking fees if we have to send it back to the vendor, but there's not a charge for us to pick up your credit return, no. Seems like that would be a lot of labor going out there and bending over and picking up these big beams and heavy, dirty studs and things that are left over from a project. Does that make your uh, employees want to run for the hills? <laughs> <laughs> um, some job sites are challenging like others. Um, we get all of the rain like we spoke about in the mud and all of that, but um, it, it, it's not. You know, Some of our great customers have come accust- become accustomed to stacking those returns so we can get at them with the forklift, and that saves everybody time and money, and, and uh, it's really a service. Well, and that's notable right there. Well, you said a forklift. Yeah. The so- delivery trucks. There's one parked out front right now. Mm-hmm. It's a, a really nice delivery truck with a Moffitt forklift right on the back of it. So all of our deliveries are done on Moffitt trucks? Yeah, well, I'd say 95% of them. We also have you know little trucks for tighter situations, but majority of them, yes, Moffitt forklifts, and it just makes everything much easier. So being able to scoop up materials for return is only a, a small bit of why that's so great. If a truck driver comes out to the job site with the materials and he scoops it off with a forklift, he can then literally set it down anywhere that he can get with the forklift. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. It's a great tool to have. It's unbelievable because, I mean, how long has it been since we were dumping stuff off the back? And You know, <laughs> honestly, it hasn't been that long. It hasn't. It uh, hasn't. I mean, and it, I was part of that, right? Dumping something off and hope it doesn't go through the garage door. I hope I mean, it doesn't break into <laughs> yeah. a thousand pieces. Yeah. So, uh, Or, and if you can't dump it off the back of a, of a dump bed and have it not break, then that just simply means you have to hand shag it. And hand shagging <laughs> concrete and those other things was never fun. Oh, no. <laughs> but Par Lumber has definitely invested in the company and they continue to reinvest profits in the company in order to make it better and stronger and cutting edge. And the equipment that Par Lumber uses regularly is top of the line, uh, very current, the best you can get, and the service that we provide 
is very much because of that reason and also, of course, because of the culture at par. Well, and don't forget about the contractor sales. I mean, that's that's my job at Par Lumber. That's what I do. Oh, that no. We you, offer material estimating services. Doesn't have services. anything to do. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I, was gonna say something. I was <laughs> going to say something funny, but well, I, let's let's literally let's talk to the builders in the area. I mean, this is what uh, this is what we're here to do. We we deal with with homeowners and professional builders alike. And if you're a builder in the area and you've got a set of plans, you can bring them into the Par Lumber. Talk to a contractor salesman. The local contractor salesman at Springfield is named what? His Kyle name Renville. is Kyle Renville. Kyle Renville. Mm-hmm. And he sits there every day, mm-hmm. and you can bring him a set of plans, and they can take those plans, do a material estimating list on that set of plans, and give you an estimate for what uh, th- that should cost you to build that project. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And that is taking a lot of the taking a lot of the tedious sort of work out of your hands as the contractor and allowing you to drop it off to somebody that you trust who's going to do a good job and and stand behind their list. Yeah. And don't forget estimate. It's an estimate. Right, it's an <laughs> estimate. Yeah. It's an estimate. It's not a it's not a guarantee. <laughs> There's no every blood. single piece on here is exactly right and nothing will be left over. That's right. Uh, but we do it we do the best we can. Thanks Jeff so much for being with us. Jeff uh, Melton with the Springfield Far Lumber. Thanks for being with us. All right, that's all the time we got, folks. Thanks so much for tuning in. This has been another episode of Your Weekend Warriors right here on the Weekend Warriors Radio Network. Have a great week. around the home, Tony and Corey have got the know-how and the answers to make your life just a bit easier. Here they are, your Weekend Warriors, Tony and Corey. Hey, welcome to the Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show built by Par Lumber. I'm Corey Valdez. And I'm Tony Cookston. Thanks for tuning in with us today. We've got another great show lined up for you. We are on location in Springfield at the Lane County Builders Expo today. We are on the road again. (laughs) This is is the... Two weeks in a row. Yep, absolutely. Two weeks in a row. And, uh, yeah, we're having a great time. This is a really cool show. There's a lot of vendors here, and uh, there's a lot of people that we're going to be talking to today telling you about... uh, you know, what's going on in Lane County? Yep, absolutely. This is a great opportunity for us to get into touch with the professionals in this area and talk to them about what's going on. So we have, we're not going to waste any time. We're going to no. get right to our first right special guest. We've got Doug Gubrud with Imperial Floors. Correct. Is that, yeah. Did I say that right? Yeah. Sometimes we'll say Imperial Flooring America. That's the name of our co-op that we're a member of. Oh, okay. Imperial, Imperial. Say, what do you guys do? Just about any kind of floor covering you can think of. So most floor covering stores are known for carpet, but now the industry has changed quite a bit. And it's, oh, more, it it's more hard surface. Like 70% of the flooring that we put in is wood, tile, luxury vinyl plank, uh, vinyl, cheap vinyl flooring, yeah, that kind yeah. of thing. Luxury vinyl plank, that stuff has blown up. And it is a really cool product. It's amazing. That product came from a company called U.S. Floors Cortec. Six years ago, they were selling $50 million worth of that material a year. 
over the over the whole world. Now wow. it's now it's a billion dollars. It's, oh it's my gorgeous. god! Wow. Yeah, it's grown incredibly. So it's it's the number one flooring product out there, and you'll see it in multiple formats and huge price range from two dollars a foot to eight dollars a foot. It's it's kind of short enough. People call it LVT, as I've always heard it. LVP. There's WPC. There's SPC. It's got all these different characteristics now because as the product is morphed, it has several different formats that can come in. Is it all made by the same manufacturer, or are there many manufacturers making that similar product? Oh, in the United States, it's all about saturation, isn't it? Right. So we have several different manufacturers. In fact, there are carpet manufacturers that are importing or manufacturing LVP because they've lost so much market share. Oh, really? So it's like the laminate flooring of 15 years ago. The saturation period yeah. has happened now, and then it'll get pared down to the players that are really the most strong. Yeah. I want to hear from you as an expert, right? You were telling me that um, luxury, imperial floors, sorry, I did it. <laughs> imperial floors has been in business for 50 years. Correct. So May 1st of this year, we'll celebrate our 50th anniversary. The store started in 1970. I was there when I was eight years old, <laughs> but it was started by my parents and two other gentlemen. And then now it's just a family business. So the Gubert family has had it since 1982 solely. That is awesome. So That's fantastic. As, so as a professional, spending your entire career in this industry, knowing this product, my question to you is this. When you think about LVP or when a customer comes to you and asks you about luxury vinyl plank, do, do you think that it checks all the boxes? I mean, is it everything that it's being made to be? Yeah, the big buzzword with that product is waterproof. And so that product has really taken a lot of market share away from the old traditional 12-foot wide sheet material. And it's also taken a lot of market share from engineered hardwood and, and the sand and finish hardwood because the visuals have become so, like, perfect. Like, they call it high-definition printing processes that it doesn't, you can't tell unless you're really down on the floor that it's not real hardwood. And so the waterproof issue and then dog toenail scratches, you know, things that damage wood flooring yeah. doesn't happen with luxury vinyl plank. And it doesn't have that hollowy, tinny feel of the old uh, snap yeah, click uniclick flooring. Or you whatever. Know, uniclick. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that. It's a floating floor system, so you don't have to do special preparation or new underlayment necessarily things that we have to, used to have to do with sheet vinyl frequently. Yeah. You don't have to remove. You can put this product over the top of old ceramic tile if you want to. Wow. Wow. And you don't glue it? Do you glue the seams or anything like that? No. No, it's not glued anymore. It's all locking mechanisms. So it's like two pieces are engineered to go together in a watertight joint. And so you don't have an issue with water migrating through it. And that's the other beauty of it. It's a modular product. So you don't have large waste factors. It's much easier to install. We install almost all of it that we sell, but it can be installed by finished carpenters or people that have kind of the acumen to do their own home. A weekend warrior, for instance. A weekend warrior, yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah. What are some tips that you would give a weekend warrior if they chose, if they wanted to come in and buy some of this uh, luxury vinyl flooring? What are, what are the biggest tips? What are the biggest mistakes people make installing it themselves? Well, my biggest tip would be is, is it's a flooring. You should have the idea behind it that it's going to last you 15-ish years or more. So you'll see products that will come to market at 
a dollar ninety nine a foot. It's still that old analogy: you get what you pay for. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I, you know, I would look at things that start at three dollars a foot and go up to five or six. I just wouldn't short sheet yourself because redoing a floor involves moving all your furniture and appliances, taking your base moldings off, maybe some door clearance issues, that kind of thing. So just do your research. I yeah. think would be a good plan. Would you recommend putting it in a like a wet place, like a bathroom or a oh or bath- a kitchen? Bathroom, basements, just about anywhere that you'd put other flooring, but it does have like because it's a waterproof floor, you could put it in areas where you normally wouldn't put, like, traditional hardwood flooring. Wow. Here's, a, here's another good tip that I know you probably run into this a lot. People have a kitchen, dining room, and great room, maybe, that are all sort of connected. Mm-hmm. And when they say, I want to replace the flooring, right, they kind of want to encompass that whole space because of the whole open living thing, right? And when they do that, you have particle board, in one place and um, and underlay grade plywood in another place, and suddenly you pull that that flooring up, and now you have to either remove particle board or add particle board in order to get the same level. So it's important to note that where you have linoleum and it meets carpet, the floor treatment underneath is probably different. You're absolutely right. So basically, with a situation like that, you got two choices. Here's an easier one. Say a lot of your hard surface areas were ceramic tile. You might have have your living room be in carpet. You'd probably add underlayment in that room to flush up with your tile because tearing out tile is super messy. And, <laughs> yeah. and, and, and tearing not. out particle board sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I did it in my own house, and it was miserable. Disaster. So yeah. the, the idea is you just need to be flush. Everywhere that that flooring goes, it has to be at the well virtually at the, at the same level. There's some deviations in a flooring that they'll allow. But flush is kind of the rule. How about contact information for Imperial Floors? How can you be reached if people want to get some product from you? Uh, you can find us on the Internet. Uh, we've been in town, like, like we said earlier, 50, 50 years. years. A lot of times we'll reference, uh, it used to be we were down at the Eugene Planing Mill, the middle district they call it. A lot of times now we say we're a block east of REI because most people in the community know that business. Yeah, yeah. But we're right on the railroad tracks at 3rd and Lincoln. The All right, and Skinner- you can check them out at imperialfloors.com. Doug Gubrud, thank you so much for being with us today. It was great talking to you. Oh, thanks you guys. All right, folks, we've got to take a break. You're listening to Tony Core, your weekend warriors. We'll be right back. Back to the Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show built by Par Lumber. Thanks for sticking with us. Today we're on location at the Lane County Builders Expo in Springfield, Oregon. And uh, we're broadcasting out on KPNW down here. Fantastic show we're at today. Uh, thanks so much to Doug with uh, Imperial Flooring. Uh, 50 years, that's a long time in business. Absolutely is, and it is hard to do that, especially today. And so a business that can stay in business for 50 years is doing something right. And it doesn't matter what you're selling. Uh, In his case, it's flooring, uh, floor coverings. He obviously knows a lot about that. 
Um, but it was great to have him on the show. Yeah. So uh, we're switching gears. We've got a new guest sitting with us. His name is Barry Weinbrenner with Pro Contractor, oh, Pro Contracting Countertop Specialist. Specialist. <laughs> yes. Thanks for sitting down with us, Barry. Yeah. Thank you very much for having me. So how long have you guys been in business? Uh, I started the business 36 years ago. That's a, that's pretty good. Wow. It's a yeah. theme here in, yeah. uh, in Springfield, yeah. in the Springfield-Eugene area. Uh, that's great. That is uh, very obviously that's hard to do. We we work for Par Lumber Company. Par Lumber Company is cele- celebrating 90 years this year in 2020. Long time. Uh, Open business in 1930. And of course, uh, we we weren't around then, um, <laughs> but uh, it's still a family owned company. And, and, and I've seen I've been with the company for 32 years and I've seen the uh, the difficult times and and they have persevered, and they care, right? Mm-hmm. A company like the one that you work for, like the one that you started, only stays in business if you are honest and hardworking, and and the the people trust you. You develop relationships and rapport. That's Doing a lot. Right. We always try and do the right thing with our employees, with clients, everybody. Uh, whether we're buying product or selling product, we we always do the right thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's the kind of place I want to shop when I'm spending my hard-earned money. I know that. Yeah. yeah. So uh, let's talk a little. What kind of projects are you guys working on? Do you do uh, kitchens and, and baths mostly? Everything. You name it. We, we do commercial. We, we can do uh, your grandmother's little vanity, or we can do the new 140-room uh, hotel. Uh, wow. And that's what we do. Yes. All, all the above. That's versatility right there. Yeah. I yeah. love that. No job too small. That's right. I love that mentality as yeah. well. That's great. And, and, it, and it's about our staff. We have, a, we have about 250 years of, of experience. And we're a small company. We have 18 people. But, but um, we, we retain uh, our people. And we have got great people with lots of experience. And yeah. I, I try and surround myself with, with smarter people. Smart people. <laughs> I, me too. That's why I got Corey. <laughs> <laughs> Countertops are uh, are crazy to me. The, the fabrication. What does it take? What kind of shop do you guys have? Do you fabricate those locally? You do all yeah. that yourself in house? We, we do everything. Um, we we start. Uh, there's a huge process, and and it's taken years to get this process down. But but we we start with the the staff when people walk in. But but we have a laser that templates. And uh, and then we have machinery that's computerized, so we can send it from the laser to the machine to cut. And then we have trucks that are all equipped with everything. So um, we have machines in the shop that polish and and everything. So so uh, you have to stay on top of things. Yeah, gone are the days when you went to the job site with lath and wow. and a hot glue gun, right? And created a template yeah. and yeah. carried it back and tried not to bust it up yep and, and and gone are the days of of uh setting up sawhorses in a driveway and cutting it and making a mess you just can't do that anymore right don't right want to do that anymore right you don't want to do that anymore <laughs> but you had to do that to get to where you are that's, that's right. part of your history that's and right. uh, and every other countertop supplier out there that had to go through those tough times yeah. but uh what types of countertops would you say are most popular right now Quartz, quartz is huge. Um, it's such a trend because years ago, granite was everything. And, well, when I started, it was it was laminate, and, <laughs> and it was just it was just something to cover the cabinets. Yeah. And uh, 
and and then Corian. I was one of the first in the area to do Corian, and then and then it switched to granite, and um, nobody thought granite would kind of go away, but quartz is ninety percent of the business now. Well, and, there's a, well, there's a lot of downsides to to granite, right? I mean, you have to seal it; it can stain, right? I mean, you can't put hot things on it. You know, you all of those things you can. You kind of can do with quartz, I, right? I like this. I like this because you're, this it's wrong? okay to disagree with yeah, Corey. He's I, I am. I'm going to disagree. I love that. Go <laughs> give it to us. We want to know. Um, when when quartz hit the market uh, years ago, it was the greatest thing in the world. You, you, you couldn't scratch it, couldn't stain it, couldn't do anything to it. You just clean it with soap and water. It's not really the case. Uh, we're finding now that um, it can scratch, it can stain, it can do all those things. It makes granite look a lot better. Um, it's been ten years since we've had a case where granite stained, um, and and the sealers are so much better now than they used to be. Uh, you don't have, you just don't have to worry about those things. Interesting. That yeah. is interesting. Well, it's I mean, good to know because I I was misinformed. Well, but, and then there, there's also one other angle that you weren't looking at, which is if you want to have nice things. You have to be able to take care of it. True. And, and a lot of that has to do with education. Part of our job is educating the consumer so they know what they're getting and what's best for them. So our staff, that's that's the biggest part right there. Going to the, the professionals. Very, yeah, yeah. So let me ask you this. What is something, if you could give some advice to potential clients that are going to walk into your, your uh, shop, what is some advice that you would give them to be more prepared? You know, it's like you always think about it. People come in and they, you know, they're, they're not ready or they don't have the right questions or, the, or they don't ask the right questions or you don't get the right answers. I think a lot of people are misinformed, like me maybe, that walk in and I don't really know what to expect. What would you say to somebody to prepare them for the process of picking out countertops all the way through installation? Oh, gosh. It's, it's really hard to be prepared for that because it can be overwhelming. Totally it is. It totally is overwhelming. So overwhelming. So when the best thing is, is they just need to come in and, and our staff quickly can narrow it down so that because if you walk in and, and see 3000 square foot showroom, you're going to see uh, several brands and you're going to see thousands of colors. We narrow it down very quickly by by asking them some questions. What do you want? What are you expecting? Um, how much use? You know, do you right. do a lot of cooking, all that kind of things? You, do you not cook? Do you just want it to look good? Yeah. You know, so cost. I'm sure budget oh is in gosh. there. It's huge because do, do some people walk in and are just completely surprised? Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. That a kitchen countertop is going to cost them seven thousand dollars? Yeah. Or they they have a huge kitchen and they pick out the most expensive and it's going to cost them twenty. Yeah. You know, you have to prepare people because you don't want to scare them. Or scare them off. Right, right, for sure. <laughs> Asking the right questions, talking to a professional. I mean, that that is, uh, we call that qualifying, qualifying yeah, a customer. Yeah, definitely. Walking in and, you know, you spend all this time to get them their hopes and dreams up, only to realize that their budget is yeah not yeah. <laughs> going to account for go, what they want. Don't want to go through that process. So we start there with what are your expectations? How much do you want to spend? Yeah. yeah. And you guys can accommodate anything from... You still do laminate, you said. Laminate, yeah. Laminate, Corian, quartz. Quartzite is huge. It's a natural stone, but it's 
it's uh it's a very popular product right now and it looks very, really good very cool very cool. i have heard we heard we had a builder on our show last week a couple weeks ago actually and he was telling us there's a new product it's thin ceramic or something and he said it's mm-hmm. coming in these big sheets is that yep. you seeing that come out porcelain porcelain, porcelain. that's what it was <laughs> solid, yeah solid porcelain yeah it is uh it's like taking a porcelain tile and making it in a five by twelve sheet it's uh we do it it's expensive it's fragile uh, not everybody's going to be able to do it not everybody wants to do it yeah but it's really cool. Interesting. Well, thank you so much, Barry, for yeah. being on the show with us. You're from Pro Contracting, the countertop specialist right here in Springfield, Oregon. It was great to have you on the show. Thank you we got to take another quick break, folks. We'll be right back. And you're listening to Tony and Corey, your Weekend Warriors. So don't go away. I get that I'm five seconds early. But you know what?